Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Uh, it, it's a short-sighted plan by Jamie. You know, many poorly thought-out plans have been made in the presence of a beautiful woman wearing lingerie, and I feel like <laughs> <laughs> Rip Wheeler is set to lead the Yellowstone, and those are words I just cannot believe I'm saying. To be clear, only the character of Rip Wheeler is leaving the Yellowstone Ranch. Cole Hauser's character still figures to be very involved with the show as season 5 continues. But dang it, that doesn't really change everything we thought was going to happen this year. It's Addison Hager, and there's a lot to get into during this episode of Dutton Rules, including Rip's unfortunate departure, whether or not Beth will go with him, Jamie's plan to become governor, and then a whole different show called 1923 that just premiered. Billy Dukes is standing by, and we'll tackle all of this. Episode 7 of Yellowstone is not the season 5 first half finale. It turns out there is one more episode, but it's not coming on Christmas Day. Midway through this conversation, it's everything you need to know about a very confusing Yellowstone in 1923 episode schedule. This latest episode of Dutton Rules included a lesson on ranching and a disease called brucellosis. It also led to a bittersweet send-off at the county fair and the likely farewell to a character we barely gotta know. How will this first half end? Billy and I have theories, plus your theories, questions, comments, and one big ol' correction. Then we'll dive into the other Dutton drama, tap follow and leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts, and leave us an email at staff at tasteofcountry.com for more. Yellowstone Season 5 is back on track, and we're excited to talk about it right now. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. Hello, Addison. Billy, Billy, Billy. I am excited for this episode because, really just because I I now feel like I may be speaking like Teeter now because she got her, her bar. If you know, you know. <laughs> Please don't talk like Teeter. I will not be able to follow you through a full episode if you're doing your full Teeter impression. <laughs> that was a really good episode, I thought. I really enjoyed this episode. It was it was a lot of what Yellowstone does well with the cattle content, but then there was some drama. It moved the plot forward, and I think it connected this show to another sort of upcoming Yellowstone universe. It, it, it paved a road there, at least. We can kind of see how things are going to advance. Yes, and that, Billy, is something that you and I specifically have talked about. It's like how, you know, how's Jimmy, how's Four Sixes Ranch, how is all this going to, how do we segue here? You know, how is how is Taylor Sheridan going to skip from one to the other? And yeah, I agree with you. It was one that I, I even, you know, messaged you after the episode aired and i was like ah this now i see how we're going to get to point a to point b okay 
but before we get into all that, we're I'm getting ahead of myself. We've got to do our classic trivia. So, Billy, will you tell me what last week's question was and who won it? Last week's trivia question had to do with Summer Higgins, who's played by Piper Parabo. And she said that Taylor Sheridan wrote the role just for her. But what was Piper's inside connection to Taylor Sheridan? Dun, 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 dun. I don't I don't know. Well, Piper is married to Yellowstone director Stephen Kay. And Stephen yes, right. okay. is responsible for like all the biggest episodes of Yellowstone, like all the season premieres and the season finales. That's Stephen Kay's handiwork. Uh, Piper is her uh, his wife. Congratulations. I got a lot of quite a few right answers on this, actually. But congratulations goes out to Drew, oh. who was first in. And Drew, of course you are first in because you are Drew. You are the man, Drew, owning this trivia thing right here. Today is going to be your day. In fact, I'm going to go farther than that for you, Drew. 2023, I am proclaiming the year of Drew. Let all good things happen to Drew and the ones that Drew loves. His family is going to be blessed in riches, blessed in uh, other less (laughs) tactile qualities and things that actually matter in this world. Friends. You're going to make at least one lifetime friend in 2023, Drew. And if you're not currently with your soulmate, you're going to meet that person. If you are, that relationship is only going to flourish into new areas. (laughs) Drew, get after it, buddy. Wow, Billy. Drew, it sounds like I need to be your friend after this pep up from Billy. Looks looks Mm. like I know who my new friend is for 2023 is. Yeah. Yeah, Drew, all Drews. You know what? I'm going to throw that out to all, all Drews. Drews. It's the year of all Drews in 2023. 20, Why not? You know? Wow, Billy's feeling very gratuitous right before the holidays. <laughs> you're, you're welcome, y'all. <laughs> well, what I, and I really do love that all these, you know, the rewards have turned into affirmations via Billy. I love it. I'm here for it. What is this week's trivia for us? Well, if you've noticed, season five of Yellowstone has been a a less deadly season. There hasn't been as much human violence during season mm-hmm. five. There's mm-hmm. been a lot of animal violence. Um, we saw the bison that died in the car crash. John horse, John's horse gets yeah. killed. All the wolves, and then all these bisons from episode, um, all these bison from episode seven. The question today is: How many people have died? in season five how many total human deaths have we had in season five and i'm going to give you a hint let's assume that the man who's driving the other vehicle that hits monica's car also dies because i think he does let's assume he dies how many total deaths are there staff at tasteofcountry.com addison's looking up and to the right trying to count do you have a guess can, yeah can i say my guess i think four I don't know. I don't know. Don't name them because that might give it away. Okay. Yeah. 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 First person in with the correct answer gets an affirmation. Um, Maybe we'll have the month of Janet or the month of Jimmy or Frank or Jordan or whoever gets it right first. Jordan, sure. Yeah. Not against it. Well, let's (laughs) let's jump. Before we pivot down the, you know, the rabbit trail of uh, 2023 names, uh, let's get into this latest episode, which, man, last episode and then this episode. Billy, I left actually, you know, warm in the heart. That's not always how I leave Yellowstone episodes or just like feeling satisfied. I definitely felt 
sad. I mean, I still have questions. Don't get me wrong. Like, I'm still waiting. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm glad we still have more episodes to come later on Yellowstone. But I definitely left like, oh, yeah, like I, I could sleep at night, you know? Well, the thing that, that Yellowstone does better than any show ever is it makes ranching really, really compelling. Like, we are all in on the ranching mm -hmm. lifestyle. And, and that's, you know, that could be really kind of a boring thing for people who didn't grow up on a ranch or even rodeoing kind of say the same thing. But it, it makes it almost universal. And that's what we see here again in, in episode seven is the ranch and the ranch, what's going on, is sort of the main dish. And then all the drama with Beth and Jamie and Beth and whoever. And, you know, that's sort of almost a side dish for this main play. Mm -hmm. Well, and I, I want to talk about kind of the big, the big plot point um, on the ranch this episode. But before we get there, I thought it was very interesting how they open up this episode with a flashback of Rip and Rowdy, who is one of the ranch hands, you know, kind of has a thing for Beth. And pretty much he's talking poorly about Beth at this point, like a little bit, you know, inappropriately Rip gets defensive Essentially ends up because he hits him with a rock. Rowdy dies, which I don't know about you, Billy. I was not exactly expecting that. I just thought that was interesting how that I'm like, I, I, I just don't really understand the point. I think it's just to sort of show how Rip becomes sort of a branded man, because I think they gotcha. after that Rip gets his brand and it's the first time that Rip is responsible for sending someone to the train station. And if you hung on to the end of the episode and watch the preview for next episode, uh, you'll see a, a body dump at the train station. Um, mm -hmm. I stopped and paused there, and that was really clear that that was young Rip and young Lloyd throwing a body, which must be the body of Rowdy over the train station. So it's sort of him becoming a full trusted member of the Dutton family. I don't know if it'll affect the plot of what we have going forward here, but um, okay. it's just sort of a character builder, I think, a little bit for him. Okay, well then that makes that makes a little bit more sense because honestly, when I was watching that, I just thought of like, why, you know, I just didn't, I wasn't understanding the full picture of having that scene in it. But what you just said makes a lot more sense of the bigger picture there. Um, what is happening on the ranch this episode? I know that you, I, 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 I watched and I understood, but but Billy took it a step further and really dug deep into kind of the mechanics and the the definition of what is happening on the ranch. So Billy, I'm going to step aside and let, this is your spotlight moment. Please explain kind of the main plot point of episode seven. Well, I, I really wanted to know what this disease they were talking about was. And to sort of recap, they've gotten the, the cattle uh, branded and vaccinated, and they were sending them back out to pasture. And as they approached the pasture that they kind of hope to have them spend the rest of the spring or summer in, uh, Walker is the first to discover a couple of stillborn bison. And Lloyd comes and reports that to um, John and Rip. And then from there, we see Jake come up and then Casey comes up. And, and, and there's a lot of stillborn bison out. So the bison have gotten onto the Yellowstone property and um, the babies were born early and didn't make it. What this is, is a sign of a disease called brucellosis. It's an infectious disease. It's caused by bacteria. And I did research with the CDC and a couple of other places, and anybody who comes into contact with it can get it. And it's, it results in exactly what you saw. It can, it can come, humans can contract it. So that's why it's a big issue, and you can't have cattle with brucellosis going to be um, processed. So they have to, essentially, they can't use that whole pasture for the remainder of the year, which becomes a really big problem in just a few minutes. Um, 
What I found out, though, about brucellosis is interesting. Like, it's mostly eradicated in the United States. Mm -hmm. But according to the California Department of Food and Agriculture, a site I peruse on the regular, the only place in America where you're going to find brucellosis is in the greater Yellowstone region affecting bison Uh, and elk. So kudos to Taylor Sheridan for doing the hustle on this one. This is like a bizarre bacteria, but it is regionally and geographically appropriate. Uh, I think we can assume they're not going to have to put down the whole herd, like they mentioned, because they're now talking about taking half the herd and moving them to Texas so they can feed. There just wasn't enough food on the rest of the Yellowstone Ranch to sort of feed the cattle all the way through the winter Mm -hmm. and then get them to next year when they would uh, go to be processed. Well, and them having to move the cattle, kind of like we were talking about earlier, that's how they're going to tie in the Four Sixes Ranch, Jimmy, Emily, and all of them. Because essentially when – I mean, I'm assuming when yes. they're saying we're going to Texas. Oh, well, actually, I, I realize that because Beth does end up calling the Four Sixes right. Ranch um, and asking, like, you know, the profit that you can make off the cattle, all the above. And so that made sense. I was like, okay, here's how we're tying it all together. Yeah, John had just talked to the same ranch, the Four Sixes, mm-hmm. and um, had just put the agreement together to lease land there, which is astronomically expensive, as it turns out. Holy smokes, a million and a half dollars a month yeah. for their cattle. Yeah. Wowzers, I don't know how they're going to afford that. But um, this is, yeah, you're right. Now we're going to have Jimmy back in the fold, uh, his wife, presumably now they're married. Um, Emily, maybe they even have a kid on the way. I wouldn't be surprised. Travis could appear, who is just Taylor Sheridan's character. And the rumor has long mm-hmm. been that the new Four Sixes prequel was going to be centered on Jimmy, played by Jefferson Wright, Jefferson White, and Walker, played by Ryan Bingham. Now those rumors were just rumors for a long time, but now Walker is going down there as well. This could be sort of the setup for this next Yellowstone spinoff, I guess you would have to call it. It's not a sequel or prequel. It's just a, a true spinoff. A spinoff. Yeah, well, and I don't know if you want to kind of, you know, the what was interesting, I don't if you want to go if we want to dive into the um the country, the state fair. Is it the state fair or the county fair? County, county fair, fair, thank you. I was like, wait, that's that's wrong. Um where yeah. I you know, it's kind of their last hurrah. The people who so Rip has chosen Walker, Ryan, Teeter, who else? I'm missing one. Jake. Colby? Oh, Jake. Jake. Jake to join. Yeah, to to join him um, on their way to Texas. And so they're going to be gone for a year, which is so long. You know, that's a long time. And uh, so they all are essentially, you know, their last hurrah is to go to the county fair. And during that is when we see Beth and Rip. Beth is inquiring more about, you know, what is this going to look like? And he says, you know, I'm going to be gone for a while, about a year. And she's pretty much like, I we can't be apart that long. And so she's deciding I'm going to go with you. I'm not going to do the, you know, the whole cowboy stuff. I'm definitely going to stay, stay in a hotel and I'll come see you. But Billy, I have a question for you of what, so if she's going to go off and gallivant with Rip for a year to Texas, how does that affect her role with her dad and John as governor? I think in her mind, she could presumably keep that relationship going. Um, remotely like she she wanted to get a a suite at a hotel and she would kind of just work from there and then go meet up with rip kind of when she when she chooses but i think some other events that are coming in episode eight might change that 
I'm not 100% convinced that they're all going to go down to Texas kind of as planned. Like, I feel like there's going to be another wrinkle, but it certainly seems like Beth is going to have to commit a little bit more time to the Yellowstone Ranch in Montana than maybe she thought um, she would Mm -hmm. have to because of what Jamie has planned. I mean, this is this is this is what the first few episodes of Yellowstone were missing were all these plot lines sort of coming together and affecting one another. And now we know Jamie is actively trying to get his father impeached and the the trailer mm-hmm. for episode eight shows him giving a big speech like Beth sees that she's going to stay ha- have to stay home and presumably protect her father. Hmm. Well, and I th- what I thought was interesting and as I've mentioned before, you know, I fully am admitting the fact that I really started Yellowstone last season. So I don't know any previous seasons, but at least for me coming in, you know, pretty fresh, I had no clue. So there's a scene with Jamie and Sir Atwood again, and he shares that, you know, he he grew up to be a cowboy and then his dad had other ideas and wanted him to be in the political world. And John is the one who signed him um, up for enrollment or, you know, to get into Harvard mm-hmm. and, um, you know, write the essays and all the above. And I think at least that was very interesting for me because I was like, oh my gosh, you know, Jamie has become what his father wanted and now that his father hates that, which I don't know, Billy, if you, you're you more um, well-versed in previous yeah. seasons, but that that at least was new for me and that just kind of gave me a different perspective of like, wait a minute, what? <laughs> I was really happy that Yellowstone brought this back because it, it, even if, you know, see, this was season one, season two information where we find out that Tay... Uh, John actually applied to Harvard on Jamie's behalf and sent him there. And it wasn't what Jamie wanted. It's just a nice reminder that Jamie wanted to be part of this ranch life. Like that's what he always desired Mm -hmm. to do. And he didn't want to be attorney general and go into this world of politics, but he did it for his father. Um, And that's kind of gotten lost along the way. Jamie's early on motives. Uh, So it was nice that they brought that back. Now he's moving forward with this impeachment. And I think he's doing it under by convincing himself that he's doing what's best for the ranch. Like we even sort of see that in a preview for the next episode, mm-hmm. like him talking to Beth, like John mm-hmm. is the enemy to the ranch right now. And, and in some ways, I think he's probably right. But I don't know that that's going to work out for him very well. I mean, he's bloody in that scene already. Like, where is he going from there? It doesn't look bad on his behalf at all. That it's like he's going against his dad. Yes. You know? I mean, I, his plan to me is silly. Like, okay, put yourself in his position. If you're going to try to get the governor impeached after just a few weeks uh-huh. of him in office, right? The election just happened. All the good sentiment. There is like right after a president's elected, like no one's going to step up and say impeach him unless they know they have some support within like the chamber and the house or the local government. Like no, it would just be a, a a foolish, reckless move to just out of nowhere say impeach him right out of the gate because of this supposed lawsuit that I don't even think has, has dropped yet. Uh, It's a short sighted plan by Jamie. I'm not a hundred percent sure where he's going with it. It it seems rushed and poorly thought out, but you know, many poorly thought out plans have been made in the presence of a beautiful woman wearing lingerie. And I feel, (laughs) (laughs) I feel like that might be a factor worth considering that he he might need to separate himself from a little. (laughs) <laughs> that's fair that's fair well speaking of uh romeo well i don't know actually if, do you have any more to touch on with with jamie i was gonna speak on another romance so we've got in the in the pot marinating i'm good with jamie i thought what he did was pretty I mean, self-explanatory and we'll see that that's gonna be a bigger plot hole plot line 
in episode eight, I think. Yeah, Abby and Ryan. I want to call him Ian. That's his actual name, but not his character's name. Abby and Ryan kind of go through the same moment, you know, as Beth and Rip do, except obviously Abby's not going to go with him. Uh, And pretty much, you know, we see kind of this conflict of, you know, the heart wants what the heart wants, but the timing and, you know, all the above is just not working out. And pretty much Lainey tells him, I mean, sorry, Abby, (laughs) hello. Uh, Abby tells him, you know, chasing it because. Ryan tells her, you know, this is cowboying. You know, if you were to go and chase your dream at the Opry, you know, that's that's what you want to do. And I, it's essentially the same for me. And I, I'm wanting to be a cowboy. This is what I'm wanting to do. And uh, Lainey, Abby pretty much, you know, tells him chasing a dream. You know, I can understand. I just wish it was me, which, oh, dagger to the heart. And you pretty much see her. Yeah, they they kiss and then she walks off. But what I thought was interesting is number one i was like okay you know i don't know if abby's gonna pop up later in the season and if we did have to end here it's not like i didn't see this moment coming let's be real the episode prior when they were dancing she's like this isn't gonna you know necessarily last long is it and he kind of affirmed that so it's this is not a curveball i have not seen coming but what i thought was interesting is so laney wilson who plays abby she has done an instagram live these past two episodes with ian bone and they've kind of you know chatted about the episodes and they were chatting about this one and ian was saying actually they were both saying you know surely you know yellstone does a really good job of just like you know bringing you into a traumatic moment and sometimes just leaving it there and there isn't necessarily a reconciliation of where it goes it just is you leave it and then we just don't touch on it again but they were both saying they're like i i hope that that's not the case for our relationship which it reminded me i'm like oh they also don't know like taylor has literally not Mm -hmm. written the rest of this show and so they're kind of just twiddling their thumbs of going you know we're just as dumbfounded as y'all of do we get back together we don't know what do you think do you think that abby returns for the rest of season five when it resumes selfishly i want to say yes because i've really you know i've been hardcore fans of that relationship on screen since day one but i i think no because i think we don't have enough space for multiple relationships in the sense of i think it would pivot to uh jimmy and emily like that would be our focus of a new relationship to focus on i could be wrong but i kind of feel like i don't know if we could have that relationship going and ryan and Abby, what are your, do you agree I with agree. that thought I or think no? we're, I think we're done with Abby. I think Lainey Wilson's time in the show has probably come to a nice conclusion. Um, and that scene might have been meant to show like not every cowboy, even if they're in it for the life, that it's still a difficult, some dis- difficult decisions need to be made. One thing that was pretty striking about when Rip chose those people to go down to Texas with him is like he split up every relationship in the bunkhouse. Teeter's going, but not Colby. Ryan's going, but not Laramie. Mm-hmm. Ryan's going, but not Abby. Oh, that's a good point. Rip's going, but not like he broke up everybody. But Teeter and Ryan, they were like, hell yeah, let's do it. No problem. I'm like, wait, what about your <laughs> what about your your boy or your girl here? Like you're just dropping. Wait, you them mean like you mean rocks. Walker? Wait, do you mean Walker? Walker? Yeah, Walker. Because Ryan Ryan has a Okay, because I was about to say, wait, Ryan hesitated. Yeah, no, no, I meant Walker. I said Ryan because of Ryan Bingham, but Walker and and Laramie, like he was Walker was pumped about it. He didn't give a second thought to like leaving <laughs> Laramie behind. I'm like, oh gosh, talking about like a yeah, lunch meet over there. All right, <laughs> kind of, yeah, like out with the old and in with the new, I guess. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. 
Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You know what I really liked about the county fair scene? What? Like, did they, were county fairs a big thing? Are they a big thing kind of around you in Texas? Like, did you go to a lot of them growing up? I, we have the, we have the Austin State Fair, um, like Houston State Fair or City Fair, I guess. I don't know what you would, just a rodeo, I guess, actually, not even. Actually, uh, when I was super young, I grew up in Phoenix and we did have a county fair that absolutely I grew up going to. Um, and I loved watching the sheep. That's, that's about all I can remember from from the county fair. But yeah, we did. I actually did go to them growing up. Uh, the county fairs when I, I grew up in, I, I grew up kind of all over Michigan, but I spent a lot of time in Southwest Michigan and some small mm-hmm. parts of the state. And, you know, the county fairs are a big deal. They would get some really big country acts or rock artists to come in and people from all walks of life. Would you just come and mm-hmm. hang out at the county fair? And I thought Yellowstone really captured the spirit of that. That's like sort of this easy, carefree, yeah. warm weather, listen to whatever band, probably going to end up making out with someone you don't know. If not the person you came with, like it's just sort of, and that's exactly what we saw John Dutton's assistant doing, like making out with some random, some sort of stray uh-huh. cowboy that wandered in and just caught her eye. Like it really captured that spirit of like what a county fair was all about. And it, I, I thought that was good. It really, it really warmed, warmed me up a little bit. And I think we're going to have a pretty tough episode come up here in episode eight that leaves us sort of gutted. This was a nice sort of, um, it's probably why they I warmed know, us up. Cool. Yeah, probably. <laughs> jerks well, well I did, <laughs> just to get to the point yeah most likely well i love mm-hmm. that they they really really leaned into teeter's mannerisms and that just it made me mm. laugh so I, th- I feel like more than ever at least so far on this season and i thought just yeah well i mean kind of i guess playing into just the lightheartedness and obviously we saw zach bryan who i love as an artist i love his music and he got a lot of airtime mm. or screen time sorry uh on this episode yeah. Which kind of surprised, I mean, not in a bad way surprised, but I don't feel like Taylor's given that much screen time to to enact yet. I feel like musically, he's been the big winner from Yellowstone. Maybe Laney Wilson, yeah. but Zach Bryan's career, like you look at where he was before Yellowstone and where he is now, and, and yeah. he's done a lot of the hard work himself. I don't want to totally credit Yellowstone, but um, his his career has just gone to new heights because of this show. Well, I think what it did is it allowed for people who might not listen to country or might not listen to, you know, his his music. I think it allowed him to be on more ears than maybe just naturally he would have met. Yeah. Well, in a minute, I want to get I want to hear what you think is going to happen in episode eight, because I feel like you have a inkling. I honestly don't necessarily. Mm. Uh, but a scene I want to talk about just real quick Um is the scene with Beth and Monica where Monica, they kind of, you know, have a, a sweet little heart to heart. And uh, in that conversation, you know, Monica's clearly still having a hard time over the death of, of their little baby, John and Beth pretty much, or not pretty much Beth admits and kind of confesses of, you know, her past and um, you know, that she did technically, you know, 
have a child at one point or would have had a child. And she hadn't shared that with anyone. And I just thought that that not only was an intimate scene, but was really um, what what Monica had said about, you know, no wonder you're so (laughs) you're so you are like you are because you're holding that secret in. And I did think it was funny when Beth was I was actually watching it with my mom and my mom just busted out laughing when Beth's like, no, I was like that before the situation. But I, you know, I thought that was really interesting that she like 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 out of anyone she chose to open up to it was it was monica i i thought just that it was a really sweet vulnerable scene yeah it was and i thought um you know monica's character is really changing she's becoming sort of this wise young yeah. woman now after the events which um which is nice in a lot of ways and we learn a little bit more about why beth treats monica differently and you know what i think that scene's going to lead to what you remember we heard monica say that there's a sort of a girl's night out coming like i kind of wonder if that's going to lead to sort of the girl's night out eventually because there's all the women there like laney or abby's there and summer and like they're all kind of coming out of their tents so so did she say it was a girl's night out because i assumed that that moment around the campfire with all those women that's what that was maybe not oh it could be it could be you could be right that's that's that what I assumed. Sense. Okay, but I mean, we can still hold on to the thought that they're going to do a big girls' night out. I'm, I will, I will, I will sit on that ledge with you. I have um, one correction I need to make. Okay, and then maybe we can kind of line people up for the end of this first half of Yellowstone and and mm-hmm. the schedule for 1923 as we sort of pivot to talking about that. Does that work? Yeah, I'm here for it. Let's go. Last week, I incorrectly said that a picket line is sort of a line, that temporary line used to hold cattle in. And no fewer than a dozen to 20 people corrected me, and I apologize here. A picket line is just that rope (laughs) that they're tying horse lines to. Horses are getting tied to a picket line. It's a temporary sort of rope that kind of keeps your horses um, in place while you sleep overnight. It has nothing to do with fencing the cattle in. I don't know where I saw that. I, Billy, I guess I just grabbed are you something. you a real cowboy? I'm not. I, I had a bad experience on a horse when I was like five, and I've never been on a horse since. I mean, I grew up in like the Detroit area. Oh, really? Just, I, I did my best here, but that's that's what a picket <laughs> line is. So I apologize, and thank you to everybody who corrected me on that. There's actually another correction coming in the Q&A portion, which is a little bit more humorous. Um, but oh, no. That's my, my correction on that one. What do you predict is that we're going to see in episode eight. Okay. So episode eight is actually coming on January 1st. There's no episode of Yellowstone on Christmas day. Then episode eight is coming on January 1st. After that, the schedule for Yellowstone is not known. There are a number of websites and news outlets that are reporting that it's starting on such and such date, maybe in February. I asked Yellowstone PR and they said, it's not been released because it's not known. It hasn't been figured out yet. So January 1st and then TBD for Yellowstone. I think that Jamie's going to make his speech to the state assembly. Um, that's going to focus Beth back at home. The extent to how seriously that's taken, I guess I'm not convinced that it gets taken all that seriously. But I think it's ultimately going to end up with some sort of B-level cliffhanger. We're going to spend some time in okay. Texas. Jimmy's going to return. Hey. Um, 
but no significant deaths or kidnappings or, or anything sort of of the level of, of cliffhanger that we've seen previously. I think it's just going to be like a good drama filled episode that maybe worries us, but isn't like too traumatic. Kind of vague. Okay. <laughs> yeah yeah Debbie, you're looking at my face right now and i'm going okay i don't know if you really uh satisfied I what i was looking for but <laughs> i also didn't have an answer no, for you, you so i really can't speak at all well there's a scene between beth and jamie that takes place it looks like in the barn like jamie comes back to the ranch so if there's going to be some sort of foul play that's when it's going to happen but at this point who's blackmailing who you know Beth and yeah. Jamie both got goods on each other. Like Jamie may have kind of figured that out. That's why he's empowered by all this. Like, I don't know necessarily that Beth can do any. I mean, you can't kill the attorney general um, and you can't kill the governor's chief of staff. So like they both have to keep living on. I feel like. Well, how does this all plan? Okay. So if episode eight's happening January 1st, can you walk me through? Because now we have 1923 that started. How on earth are we? What does this timeline look like? The show makes it about as confusing as possible. Good. That's what I was hoping like you were going to tell me. <laughs> we've talked long about how like the different networks have the different parts right. of the shows. Like one Paramount Plus has this show. Paramount Network has this show. Peacock has this, this show. So I'm not going to get into the channels per se. But so we talked about Yellowstone's timeline. 1923. We're going to have new episodes of it weekly through Sunday, January 28th. Then there's going to be a winter break and 1923 will return with new episodes on Sunday, February 5th. Why is there a winter break of Yellowstone of, of 1923? I yeah, have no what? idea. No clue. No clue. But there's going to be about four Sundays in a row where we don't have Yellowstone or 1923. And then um, weird 1923 starts again on the 5th of February and continues to TBD. It's not clear if this is a one season shot like 1883, how many episodes like none of that's been made public. It's very strange. Interesting. Huh. All right. And again, I want to I want to reinforce that this all comes from like the official Yellowstone publicity company. Like so like I feel like the information's pretty solid because I'm seeing elsewhere uh, different things reported, but that is what Paramount told me. Well, and and to that point, we did get the first episode of 1923 this past Sunday. So, Billy, let's briefly kind of talk about what happened there. What I love, well, actually, no, I don't love is, and I want to hear your thoughts on this, is we did find out, you know, what happened to James and Margaret Dutton. You know, James dies, which is essentially what we saw in the flashback scene last season of, I think, what was it, Yellowstone, where essentially he's been shot. Yeah. But dead gum, they, Margaret, it, it really, when I heard how she died, I kind of chuckled and that sounds so bad, but I was like, it almost felt like Taylor just didn't really know what to do with her. And so how she died was she essentially froze. Like that's, she just, that's it. <laughs> I thought she deserved a better death. Like, I did too. It's okay that I don't. I mean, I don't. They they left that door open for James too. It wasn't clear that he died after he got shot, but it would look it looked pretty mm-hmm. grim. Um, but then we find out a year later, Margaret dies. She freezes to death, and and her kids almost die as well. But then Jacob Dutton, played mm-hmm. by Harrison Ford, 
finally shows up and he starts building the empire as we sort of see it today. The other part to this, though, is who told us all of this? Oh, El- <laughs> you retained that up for me. And I'm literally looking at you going, who I'm thinking like network wise, who told us this was Elsa Dutton. Yes. Is that where you were going? Okay. Yes. Isabel good, May, good. The, the little light bulb went off. Oh, that was just a just a wonderful surprise at the beginning of 1923 to hear her voice once again. I agree. I'm glad that they're bringing her back in narrator form. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm I'm really glad that she I don't know who would have narrated it, but I'm glad I'm really glad it's her. He took my father's dreams and made it to an empire and then the empire crumbled. Just like Elsa Dutton. Yeah, it's like she was here, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> we just needed a piano for the piano scene, and then that would have been it. <laughs> that, well, that might not make the cut. <laughs> <laughs> Billy, you are, you're, as I say almost every episode at this point, bread and butter is that beautiful Dutton family timeline. So I'm going to give this one to you to kind of explain, set us up of what we saw this episode uh, generational wise so you know how kind of who are the characters that we have here and how are they who are they related to who and how I said that weird well, but I, you get I, the I'll point I'll kind of keep this I'll kind of keep this a bit um, I'm not going to get into too much detail because it's just the first episode and I think in a lot of ways we're still learning the characters but of course Harrison Ford and Helen Mirren are Jacob and Kara Dutton Jacob being James Dutton's older brother Kara being his wife they don't have any kids of their own. We do know of John Sr., who was a character in 1883. That was the little boy. I don't know that we saw him at all in 1923, did we? Mm-mm. If, if we did, so. it was in passing. Yeah. I know. I'm trying to think. Um, but on the show, he's married. And I don't think we saw him or his wife. If we did, it was briefly. They have a son named Jack, and he's the one that's set to get married. The whole wedding sequence, he, uh, yes. he's the groom in that wedding. Yes. And he looks like he's going to be a really yes. fun character. Him and his wife, they're both young, full of energy, make a lot of mistakes. It's going to feel like that's going to that be kind excited. of a, a wild ride. Um, mm-hmm. I agree. And then Spencer is the other primary character. He's the one off in Africa hunting wild game for hire. Uh, and at the end of 1923, it looks like... Um, he comes face to face with a leopard. Those were great scenes. I thought those hunting <laughs> scenes were really, really riveting. Didn't you? Like they were intense. Like, whoa. Like, damn, I did, that's a well, job. Yeah, specifically that second one, it was a little more. I mean, I have two brothers. I'm used to, you know, gruesome blood guts. I, and so it doesn't necessarily phase me, but that scene was kind of a lot. That secondary scene. You know which one I'm talking yeah. about. Oh, absolutely. Um, uh, so the 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 one or the question there is if that's going to cause Spencer to return back to the ranch, or if maybe he gets that shot off in time and isn't attacked by the leopard. I guess we'll we'll find out. But um, Elsa in her voiceover says that only one of her brothers survives, so one of them is going to die somehow, some way. And I think the smart money is on Spencer because of his reckless lifestyle and he's obviously dealing with some things after World War One. But I don't know. This is you know. Taylor Sheridan, like it could very well be John Sr. Yeah, I'm I'm excited. There's one other character that I want to point out. Okay. And I wish I had this at the tip of my fingers, but the 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 scenes involving the nuns 
and the Native Americans at oh. the school. Yes. The lead girl, the lead Native American girl, whose name yes. I cannot remember for the life of me on the show. Her last name is Rainwater. Yes. So you got to assume it's some relation to Thomas Rainwater, played by Gil Birmingham on Yellowstone. Yes, and her name, because I remember Sterling and I talked about her in the previous uh, Dutton Rules episode. Uh, Amina Nieves, I think is, I'm completely could be pronouncing that right. incorrectly, and I apologize if I am, but uh, that's the actress's name. Yep, that's it. Uh, so I'll keep an eye on that. I'm excited about the show. It looks pretty good. Probably going to be pretty dark, much like 1883, but yeah. a lot of really positive reaction I, I, that I saw. Uh, the video that we did, uh, nothing but positive comments for 1923 so far. Yeah, and again, 1923, the next episode is January 1st, right, Billy? No. Nope. On Christmas Day, there is there is a Christmas. I'm saying, Addison, you got to put this, this on paper. This is why. Uh, wait, oh, the, oh the, Yellowstone. Gonna, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yellowstone, January that. 1st, 1923 is coming on, on Christmas. We're going to have a Christmas episode. Okay. Which, by the way, we should probably talk a second about the timeline for this podcast. We're not going to have a day after Christmas episode um, for much of the same reason that this episode is coming on a Tuesday is simply because it's uh, we're both out of pocket for the holidays. Mm -hmm. So we're not able to both watch and record. In addition, like we get these episodes early, but how early kind of depends. So we're not always able to get together and record um, over the weekend because one or both mm -hmm. of us might be out doing things and just not be able to get to the Internet connection or our microphones. So our episode, I think is coming on the 27th but that would be just about 1923 if we do it well kind of tbd there i guess but then we'll have another inter we won't have another yellowstone centric episode until the second of january second or third and then we'll kind of pick back up with some of the interview episodes and don't forget staff at too much of <laughs> While Billy's breathing over there into a to a yeah. brown paper bag, uh, don't forget that staff at tasteofcountry.com is where you can always send us your thoughts, comments. That's also where you can put the trivia question. So don't forget that because that's what, you know, in between Billy's, uh, you know, holiday moments when he's bored, that's what he's going to be checking is that email. <laughs> yeah, sure. Absolutely. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts, so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Q&A? Uh, yeah, I think it's time for the Q&A, Billy. I'm ready. Are you ready? I'm ready. Who do we got first? First is from Tori, who has a theory. And here's a theory. Okay. Jamie is a double agent, and he's playing Sarah and Market Equities. He's acting at the direction of John, who wants to get out of the office that he clearly has no interest in keeping. While I believe Jamie could play, could be played, he knows that Beth has pictures of him disposing of Garrett's body and that John and Rip know about slash help to cover up his murder of the reporter. I, I just can't believe Jamie could ever think he could get away with sabotaging John without all of his skeletons being exposed. So I mean, the last half of this, skeletons. he does the, the last half of this. I think we've kind of discussed some of the problems with it that like 
Jamie also knows some of Beth's skeletons. But the first part of this email from Tori is super interesting. The idea that Jamie and Beth are somehow working together to not only put Jamie in office under their control, but also finally excise market equities. And the Mm -hmm. only reason I think that has a little bit of weight to it is because Jamie hasn't been paying attention to, or Beth hasn't been paying attention to Jamie at all since like the second episode. True. Like she's been like, you're under my thumb, buddy. And then like, that was it. Jamie's just been on his own, living in his apartment. Like, so if you rethink that scene when Beth's in the bar watching Jamie and Sarah and she goes into the bar and takes Sarah Atwood's ID. Like if you think of that from the perspective that maybe Jamie and Beth are working together, it kind of also makes sense. Like we've never found out who the real Sarah Atwood was after she takes that picture of the ID. And maybe Beth was actually spying on Sarah, not Jamie. Could be I something mean, that. There. That would be what I call a Christmas miracle. That is what ends up happening. (laughs) I like the creativity. I do too. Um, I'm not putting a lot of dollars on the theory, but I I like it. I like it a lot. No, it's super creative. Thanks, Tori. Okay, next one from Betsy says, One thing today you were talking about Emmett's wife eating. I have to mention that she wasn't on the food line to fill a plate. Oh, yeah. I I know where she's going with this because, Billy, I also thought this. She was helping serve the food. Linnell commented about that to John. Or Linnell commented about that to John. And he said how Ella wanted to keep things normal. Well, I want to thank you, Addison, (laughs) for not pointing it out. Because sometimes... Sometimes I got these jokes and like if the truth's going to get in the way of these jokes, I might just sort of sidestep the truth for the sake of humor. <laughs> and there's a little bit of a, a um, it wasn't exactly the most accurate portrayal of what happened, but I thought it was pretty humorous and entertaining. Oh, no, I thought it, there's sometimes things because I, I'm just now re- like I didn't look over these Q&A before now. So I'm reading these fresh. But it is funny, Betsy, because Billy, when we were making the recap video, we have a screenshot of that moment. And I chuckled to myself because I did notice that. But I loved how you like got a kick out of it. So I just really let I really let that one just marinate and go with it. <laughs> Sometimes when the lie becomes the truth, the truth, you just go with the, the lie. And that's kind of what I did in volition there. Yeah, I mean, wasn't all that important in the big picture. No harm done. But thank you, Betsy. You're absolutely right. And I appreciate you keeping me uh, on my toes. Okay, last one from Joe says, thinking about why season five is boring to me, there does not seem to be any antagonist in the season. Every season to date, there's been someone in the plot line working to take the land or take a Dutton down. I don't see that in season five. Maybe they're saving it for the second half. He's right. There isn't anybody that's like the enemy of of the ranch right now is there you know we had garrett randall and whoever shot them in season four we had the beck brothers previously uh, even for a, a part of season three like market equities was sort of the um antagonist but there isn't that one person that's opposing the duttons it's more sort of a bureaucracy of sorts opposing them currently and that's been i, I think he's right i think that's part of the problem good observation joe <laughs> 
staff at tasteofcountry.com is where you can email your questions, comments, and corrections. We appreciate every single one and reply to as many as possible. You can also look for recap videos at the Taste of Country YouTube channel. I'm Addison Hager, and on behalf of Billy Dukes, thank you for listening to Dutton Rules. Our next podcast is confirmed for January 3rd, after the first half finale of Yellowstone. After that, we'll continue to bring you interviews and 1923 recaps. Tap follow for more before you leave and leave a rating and review. Then look for archive conversations with Brian Bingham, Cole Hauser, Jefferson White, and more. Denton Rules is written by myself and Billy Dukes with the help from Sterling Whitaker and produced by Billy Dukes. Of course, as always, Denton Rules, a Yellowstone 1923 podcast, is another exemplary chapter media podcast. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early, so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.